welcome to the Leanne McCoy podcast. On this podcast, we talk about a lot of things, mostly prayer, but also spiritual warfare, parenting adult kids, if that's even a thing, (laughs) or if it even should be a thing. This is also the place where I contemplate things that are too wonderful for me, where I share interviews with people whose lives have greatly influenced mine, or people who have some really great things to say, and where I remind you and me that no matter what we're going through, God's got this. I'm Leanne McCoy, and this is my podcast. I thought it would be fun to podcast our way through the Advent season. We started the first week of December by lighting the first of our three purple candles that represented hope. Our family ate spaghetti, but the sauce lacked luster. Then last week, we lit our second purple candle and discussed peace. We had pork tenderloin, leftover bacon and biscuits from our prayer clinic Christmas party the day before, potatoes from a box that actually tasted remarkably good, and the staple green veggie around here, steamed broccoli. This week, we're gonna light the pink candle as we talk about joy. I'm not sure what we're gonna eat. It might be something we cook in a crock pot. So, week one was hope, a purple candle. Week two was peace, another purple candle. This week, joy, which will be our one and only pink candle. On Sunday night, December 24th on Christmas Eve, after all of our Christmas Eve services at the church, we'll gather over dinner and light the final purple candle as we discuss love. Because after all, that's what came to us at Christmas. Love all wrapped up in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then on Christmas Day, when we get to where we're getting to in sitting down for our Christmas dinner, which for us is usually about 3 o'clock on that afternoon, we will light our final candle, the white candle that sits in the middle of our wreath as we celebrate Jesus and his birthday. I'll post the podcast and devotions for those two Advent experiences later this week so you can have them for the weekend. We're on track here at the McCoy House, are you? What a great way to remember what Christmas is all about. Don't forget that the holidays belong to the Lord. This past week, some friends of ours sent us a text that brought great and deep joy to our hearts. They held in their arms the baby that we had been praying for for a very long time. Their tiny little baby daughter was born on Monday, and to see her in the arms of her mama and daddy was beyond incredible. We knew God would eventually answer our prayers. We hoped God would eventually answer our prayers. We grieved that it was taking God so long to answer our prayers. We pleaded for peace as we waited for him to answer our prayers. But on Monday, our hearts overflowed with joy because God did indeed answer our prayers. As we light our pink candle of joy tonight, I'm going to be thinking about our friends I'll also think about the shepherds who were keeping watch or their flock by night. Those guys who received their invitation to celebrate Jesus's birthday. 
with an invitation that was delivered by a legion of angels who came straight from heaven to announce his birth. Boy, talk about a a singing telegram. (laughs) Can you even begin to imagine how exciting that must have been? I was on a lake in a boat with my husband and some friends one night. It was a summer night, not a winter night, when we saw a light streak across the sky. It wasn't a falling star and it didn't look like a satellite or a plane. It was different than all of that. To this day, we talk about that night and that phenomenon we saw in the sky and we assure each other that we did really see it. I wonder if the shepherds were still talking about their angelic encounter 20 years after it happened. I wonder if they put two and two together and realized that the baby they'd seen in the manger was the man who hung on the cross. Have you heard this bit? I don't know if it's true, but it is cool to consider this bit about the shepherds. Here's the way that the website shared it. We give gifts as tokens of our love. God gave Jesus an expression as an expression of his love for us. The Lord God Almighty sent his only begotten son who was wrapped up in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Even his packaging spoke volumes to the shepherds who came to see him. Did you know that it was a common practice to wrap the newborn unblemished lamb in swaddling cloth and place it in a manger? When the mother ewe was preparing to give birth, she was taken to a special birthing place or to the only cave designated. And in that place, she would give birth to the sacrificial lambs. This cave was kept sterile and clean for the arrival of newborn sacrificial lambs. The newborn lamb was immediately wrapped in clean swaddling cloths to protect them and keep them from blemish and danger. Swaddling cloths described in the Bible consisted of a cloth tied together by bandage-like strips. When the declaration was made to these Levitical shepherds that watched their sheep in a special field full of sacrificial lambs, they apparently knew exactly where to go to discover the baby. There were apparently many places that held mangers, but they comprehended immediately where to go to find the babe, to their cave, where their sacrificial lambs were born and wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, whether this story is true or not, I still love the thought of it. It really would be just like God to take this message to the shepherds and to let Jesus be laid in a manger so that they would make that connection. God communicates to us in ways like this. Can you imagine the joy the shepherds felt when they saw the baby? Babies are so beautiful. Each one holds unimaginable potential in their vulnerable, soft, and tender innocence. They just, they cause us to smile. Somehow babies say, God's not given up on us yet. And as people who know how much God loves us because he sent his one and only son to save us, we know that God won't give up on us. He chooses us simply because he loves us and knowing this gives us joy. If I were able to record this with my granddaughters nearby, this podcast, I would ask them the difference between joy and happiness. And they would say something about how happiness comes when we get what we want and when everyone's doing what we want them to do. I'd like to be happy right now, wouldn't you? (laughs) They talk about the times we took them to the beach or to the mountains or to Chuck E. Cheese. Happiness, they'd say, is dependent on experiences and people and things. 
Then they might tell me how happy they'll be when I give them this or that for Christmas. <laughs> but joy, they would say, is far different from happiness. They tell us we could experience joy even if we were sad. We could have joy even if we didn't get to do what we wanted to do. We could have joy in our hearts even when the people in our lives are perhaps not happy. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing. My friends, Christmas is filled with joy because we celebrate the goodness of God. Christmas is filled with joy because we celebrate the faithfulness of God. When Jesus was born, he began fulfilling all of the prophecies that had been written about them, him, all of them. I found an article online that said this about a few of the prophecies that were fulfilled with his birth. 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah wrote this, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and she shall call his name Emmanuel. That's Isaiah 7, 14. Matthew 1, 23 says this, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Matthew was literally repeating what had been said in Isaiah. And just as foretold, the virgin Mary indeed did conceive and bore a son who is called Emmanuel. This amazing event demonstrates God's infinite knowledge and power. He's capable of, of foretelling the future with perfect precision. And he has the power to bring his prophecies to pass, even if that means a virgin would need to conceive and bear a son. After Christ's birth, the Magi arrived in Jerusalem. Herod gathered the chief priests and scribes and asked them where the Messiah was going to be born. They responded by citing an Old Testament prophecy pinpointing Bethlehem as the birthplace of Christ. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. That's Micah 5.2. What's so incredible about Jesus being born in Bethlehem is that Joseph and Mary had to go there in order for him to be born there. And what would make Joseph and Mary go there? It had to be something big. Oh, so Caesar Augustus inaugurated a census and required that everybody go to the city that corresponded with the birthplace of their family name. And Joseph, being of the family of David, had to travel to Bethlehem. This, In this way, God made certain that Jesus would fulfill that prophecy and his birth. Then Herod's murderous response of slaughtering the young boys of Bethlehem led to the fulfillment of three more prophecies. First, this tragic massacre fulfilled the words of Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. That's Jeremiah 31, 15. The original context of this prophecy had to do with mothers in Israel lamenting the deportation of their sons to Babylon. But we know that it also corresponds and speaks of that horrific work that Herod did when he went into Bethlehem and slaughtered all of the baby boys two years old and younger. 
Of course, we also know because Matthew tells us so that Joseph was warned in a dream to take Mary and Jesus and escape to Egypt. And upon their return from Egypt, God's word to Hosea, his words to Hosea were fulfilled. Out of Egypt, I called my son, Hosea 11, verse 1. This prophecy was originally made as a statement of history. God had called and brought Israel out of Egypt. Guided by the Holy Spirit, though, Matthew used these words to refer to the Messiah. Joy is rooted in God's power and his love. Only God gives us joy because he's the only one who is constant and true, reliable, and trustworthy. My friends, we celebrate joy at Christmas because we get to have a personal relationship with God who has given us his word and is determined to keep it. I can't help but think what it might have been like walking back to the fields with the shepherds. Luke wrote this, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. I love that God let the shepherds in on what he was doing. This is how the website wrapped its article up, the article about the fulfillment of the prophecies. About 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to earth in a humble manner. The Savior of the world and God of all creation put on humanity to die for our sins and conquer death, giving the hope of salvation to all who turn from their sin and believe on him. One day he will return in judgment and he will not appear as a seemingly helpless baby, but as the risen, glorified, sovereign Lord and judge. The same prophets who wrote the scripture that was fulfilled when Jesus was born are the ones who've written things to come. God's not broken a promise yet, and he's not going to start breaking them now. What will it be like for you when he returns? Will you be safe and secure because you've been saved by his amazing grace? Or will you tremble in fear before the holy and righteous God as you are condemned for rejecting his gracious offer of salvation? If you're currently an unbeliever, I urge you to turn from your sin and cry out to Jesus to save you from the eternal torment we all deserve for our rebellion against the infinitely holy creator. I pray that you find the same joy shared by the shepherds who visited Jesus on the night he was born. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. I couldn't help but um, think about the book, the last of the Left Behind series. I, I think I mentioned it before in these podcasts that I read those those books. I started like in April and it took me until just a few weeks ago to finish them up. And it was almost like 20 some odd books were all looking toward and leading to the return of Jesus. And when that part of the book came, I was just about beside myself because I had been baited for it for so long and so much buildup had been made. But the way that the authors describe the return of Jesus is so very different from the way he came the first time. When Jesus comes back, he's not coming as a, as a, as a helpless little baby dependent on the protection of an earthly mother and father. He's going to come in all of his glory. And it says the eastern sky is going to break open and Jesus will appear. And everyone on earth is going to see it. And everyone on earth is going to know that it is Jesus. He is the Lord. 
And I, for, I am very excited about that day. I think it's going to be amazing and incredible. And what a delight to see God who, as who he is. The other way that we'll get to do that one day is the day that we take our last breath here and our first breath in eternity when we get to do that. But what a beautiful time it will be when heaven and earth come together and Jesus comes to rule and to reign and to establish himself as the Lord of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and that which he is. But how beautiful it is in our Christmas story that shepherds, wise men, angels, ordinary people like Mary and Joseph caught a glimpse of his glory even when he came not like that, when he came totally cloaked in just humanity's uh, form. What a beautiful story. What a magnificent Savior. What a joy-filled time of the year. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Thank you as always for listening to my podcast. If you'd like to use the devotion I prepared as content for your Advent celebration, go to either of my websites, leannemccoy.com or prayerclinic.com. If you click on the more at the top of the page and a, a menu will come down and you can go down to blog. And in that place, you'll find all kinds of blog posts, but our most recent ones accompany these podcasts and will give your family a devotional guide that you can use as you complete your Advent wreath this year. I hope you're doing it. If you're not doing it, well, goodness gracious, I hope you'll do it next year. (laughs) And of course, once these podcasts are out there, they'll always be out there. You can just click back and use it for a guide. Anyway, go ahead and share this podcast with anyone you know who needs to be reminded that we can genuinely anchor our joy in the Lord. And because our joy is anchored in one who is steadfast and true and powerful and good and all loving and consistent and trustworthy, all of the things, then our joy can never be shaken because it's never determined by the circumstances of our lives. I look forward to talking with you again toward the end of this week as we discuss both love and the Christ child.